Welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam storytelling podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts? Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. So we're all caught up with our episodes into um, all of our like buffer episodes before the coronavirus situation have been posted. And now we're living it right this moment. Um, how are you holding up? I'm good. It's just like, I feel like last week my overall anxiety was a lot higher. Um, this week I've been pretty chill. I think it's all about acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think last week I was just like, a lot of people um, at work, as in like remotely um, work, <laughs> working mm-hmm. from home, were like expressing themselves over the Zoom calls and stuff and their anxieties and stuff. And it was just like affecting mine in a lot of ways. Because mm. it's like, not that I'm like trying to avoid it, but I just don't deal with trauma like by like just sitting in it with people does that make sense yeah what what do you do instead you think um I think there's a lot like I'd rather focus on the positive things um and I don't know I just feel like talking about the negative ways that this is affecting you and the negative ways that you cope with it is not helpful um I'd rather stay positive and also like I don't know I just have never been one to like sit in darkness with people Mm -hmm. um I have my own darkness that I can that I deal with by myself (laughs) like I don't want to sit in your own when in your darkness with you I guess and so that makes sense I see what you're saying yeah but this week it's been a lot better. I feel like people were just like shocked last week. And mm-hmm. it was like still really like everyone was in shock. So they wanted to talk about it. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I just like it super affected me. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. Like I can't do this every day. But this week was like fine. That's good. Yeah. I feel like the deeper we get into it, the more of a new normal it becomes. Because uh, like the first three weeks I was well, the first two weeks, I was a mess and anxiety slept like the entire time. And then finally, I got a little bit more of a routine in. And then I've kind of backslid into anxiety sleeping a lot this week again, but like mm-hmm. not for very long. It's been like uh, three to five hour chunks. And so my work hours have been like so crazy because like if like if I can't stay awake at like two, I'll take like an hour or two nap and then I'll just have to work into the evening to make it up, you know? And so I've just been, like, sleeping and then working and then sleeping and then working. And um, I really need to get my work hours back during the daytime so that I could just have a regular, like, Mm -hmm. routine. I'm just blessed to have not had that many um, meetings over Zoom lately. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have so many. But, like, the other thing is I schedule time to do other projects within Mm -hmm. my day so that's been helping too just like focus like just like letting my brain jump from one creative thing to another creative thing has really helped 
That's good. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was why, because, like, because of life stuff, we had postponed um, posting jammy episodes. And we had, like, a little break because of, like, just how hectic work and life had gotten. And then, um, and I had a loss in my family and all that. So, like, finally releasing the episodes and actually sitting down to edit them has been helping. Like, what you're saying about, like, uh, creative project to creative project. So, like, this has been helping to get back and just getting it out. And I'm doing the same thing with my other podcasting Good Paint Girls, too. I'm like, I should edit these and just get them out ASAP, and it's helping. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But to this episode, uh, the last uh, last time we recorded, Jessica Heard dared you to write a story about Disneyland. Yeah. Which we are greatly missing in this, in this time. I know. It's so funny. Like, it means so much more now. Yeah. My story. <laughs> Did you know, my husband just told me that um, Disneyland has only been closed twice before. Mm-hmm. Um, once was the day JFK was uh, assassinated mm-hmm. and then the day after 9-11. Yep. And that's kind of crazy to, to put into context where it's like, wow, they've been closed for weeks now. Right. And it's so crazy it's so crazy and like the same with broadway like yeah uh, broadway had only been closed once or twice before mm-hmm. or i think it was just once i think it was 9 11 and they were they like closed for like four days or something mm. anyways uh <laughs> what an update so disneyland <laughs> yeah disneyland okay um so this story is based on a true story. Ooh. Um, and it is a little glimpse into my past. Ooh. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to just go. Okay. Go. Okay. <laughs> a whole squad had appeared suddenly. They reminded me of the SWAT squads from the movies. They had dark sunglasses, dark polos, earpieces, stern expressions. You'd think they'd look a little cheerier given the situation and where we were. My mother rummaged through her purse for a photo of my four-year-old sister. She found one of her when she was maybe two. Devil child, I thought. Leave it to Stacy to wander off with the crowd, leaving the Aladdin stage show, and vanish. She always was a wanderer. Me? Even at nine years old, I was holding tight to my father's hand. So there we were, a family in crisis. My mom gave the officer? Agents? Detective? Stacy's photo, and he nodded. Don't worry, ma'am. We haven't lost one yet. My parents were reassured. I was not. Even at nine, the word yet at the end of the sentence was an indication that this Disneyland Secret Service SWAT task force knows there's a glimmer of a possibility that one day they truly could lose a child forever in the park. Of course, I thought Disneyland was huge back then. Now I know. She couldn't have gotten that far, really. My mother tried to keep us entertained while we waited for them to find her lost child. 
She smiled nervously. She told my father to go buy everyone some lunch while we wait. It was so hot sitting in the sun in that corner next to the Aladdin Theater, which has long since been rebuilt into a Polynesian restaurant. I could feel my skin burning in the sun. My brother, a rascal of all seasons, whined. He wanted to go to Tom Sawyer Island. My mom shushed him. As soon as they get Stacy back. Dad came back with lunch, something with rice. We all barely ate it. I thought about how there may be a possibility they don't find her. How she might somehow evade the House of Mouse Secret Service and literally live out her days as a Disneyland nomad. Ugh, I was so jealous. She doesn't even like Disney stuff like I do. I began to cry. Now, to be fair, I was worried about her, and I was probably feeding off my mother's anxiety. But I mean, maybe I was just jealous I hadn't thought to slip away and live my best Disneyland life instead of having to be a big sister to two, soon to be three, idiots who do things like get lost in theme parks. My dad was comforting me when the SWAT team came back. He was smiling warmly. He took his sunglasses off and confirmed to my mother that they had Stacy safe and sound. She was found wandering the Golden Corral Saloon around the corner. In fact, Goofy was the one who spotted her and escorted her to the Lost Parents Room. Lost Parents Room? What kind of passive-aggressive bullshit, Disney? These poor people lose their child and your holding room for when you find them is a slanted remark on their parenting skills? A bit harsh, but I will give them hilarious. We walked across the park and down a small alley into a set of hallways with offices. Magic illusion shattered, and there was the door, clearly marked Lost Parents. Stacy was sitting, sipping a juice box, and fully engrossed in an episode of Jungle Cubs on TV. She didn't even look up when my parents greeted her. She was always a sucker for animated baby big cats. When it went to commercial, she launched into a story about how she walked all over and she saw Goofy and he held out his hand and she walked with him and now she is here and they have juice and snacks. I was furious. Our day had to be paused for her. We had to worry. My poor parents probably sick with anxiety and she has no idea or no appreciation. I cried for her. To her, this little moment was just another hour of her magical day in the happiest place on earth. My parents sighed with relief, my brother begged to stay and watch TV, and I glared at her with such contempt. But she was unfazed. To this day, she stays unfazed. As adults, Stacy is one of my best friends. But the thing about sisters is you will move on because you have to, but you never forget. And even now, 20 years, and many, many Disney trips later, I still have a tinge of anger toward her for ruining that one hour of my magical day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I could the contempt just oozes all over every single word. It's true and it continues to this day. Yeah. I promise you that. It's it's such a humorous uh slice of life moment and um Yeah, it is interesting how Disney puts a lost parents, you know, cuz everything's supposed to be focused on the kids. Right, uh, right perspective so of course the kid's not lost it's the parents that are lost well yeah and like you know for a kid like my sister who was very like independent early on mm -hmm. yeah like 
being she wouldn't have thought of it as being lost at all yeah like if I turned around as a four-year-old and couldn't find my parents I would literally crumple to the ground and (laughs) start sobbing like (laughs) yeah I would register I'm lost forever I'm never seeing my parents again that's what I would have thought yeah um but she's just like I'm on an adventure. <laughs> so as she was, uh, as you guys had found her and recounted, she recounted her story of like getting, uh, you know, finding Goofy and getting walked to like snacks with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like what it's so heartbreaking because it's like your perfect day, <laughs> like yeah. your perfect hour. Mm-hmm. I. I'm furious for you, especially you. setting up earlier that, um, you know, she didn't even like Disney as much as you did. Like, it's, it's right. so, ah, and you, know, you like, set that up really well. Right. And, like, she loves it now because, like, we, we do a lot of Disney stuff together. Um, she's been on my podcast many times. But, like, you know, like, her love for Disney, like, sprung from mine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, yeah. at four years old, she just was just, like, whatever, chill. Um, and But I was, like, fully into the Disney life at nine years old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's just, like, I appreciate it more. But, um, yeah. But it was super annoying. Mm. So why was it this memory that popped up when you were given the theme Disneyland? Um, I think this is, um, well, back when I wrote it a few weeks ago, um, we were planning, my sister had just booked an Airbnb for all of us for our friend Steven's wedding, which would, was going to be in Disneyland this month. Um, so I think she, we had just booked and everything. And so I was thinking about her and I was thinking about going with her and just like this memory popped up and I was like, yeah, this sounds, this sounds like a good one. And like, I think, um, I haven't really written a slice of life thing in a long time. Um, maybe not yeah, that's true. for Janius. It's not really my, um, genre I typically do. So um, it was kind of a departure there that I wanted to try out. How did you like it? It was super fun. I just feel like um, I had a lot of perspective in the moment on it. So I think for me, slice of life is hard because I like want to be clever and I want to make it special. Um, but if I don't have the exact right like mindset to do it in the moment, then I usually like abandon. <laughs> abandon ship. I'll just write something about a princess. I have to say, I don't understand what you mean. Can you go more into that? Um, Just like you want to be clever, but like how? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, a slice of life is a slice of life. So there's, there's, some, there's nothing like in itself. It's not very um, like it's not very extraordinary. Mm-hmm. So to make it extraordinary – you have to be clever or funny or um, be able to twist it in a way to make it more um, something more than what the moment is. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I feel the thing is the the thing that uh, surprises me that you say that is just because, like the the story you wrote today, the story you told us today is like, just like what I was saying with like contempt just oozing over all the words. Like I feel like that's super clever. You know, like just the what just the way you choose to present it is clever. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wrote this piece because I did have like I was feeling that cleverness coming out for it i see i see yeah i'm saying it is clever (laughs) (laughs) and i like it because of that i don't like but other slice of life stories i've tried to write i abandon because i feel like it's not being punched up enough Mm -hmm. because it's just like an everyday thing and i want to be funny and clever and interesting so yeah so remember when I was producing that live storytelling show? Yeah. So one thing I learned in uh, producing, helping, you know, the storytellers, like, you know, punch up their stories and finding, like, structure was that um, one of the other producers would say that, you know, in order to make these interesting and entertaining and um, and connect with your audience sometimes you have to go with what is emotionally true mm-hmm. even if it wasn't if even if it didn't happen this way because mm-hmm. like you always want to resonate and have a takeaway for your audience so if you can bend it to your emotional truth it's it's not like you're lying because that's how it felt to you totally and i love that you mm-hmm. know so wonderful job i loved it you should write some more slice of life when you feel clever enough oh i will (laughs) no this one was really fun i enjoyed it a lot nice (sighs) well i hope disneyland comes back soon me too (laughs) you gonna dare me Oh, yeah, I am going to dare you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a while. I understand. We forgot mm-hmm. forgot our own format here. Um, For this one, like, I'm going to kind of jump off of Disneyland a little bit um, because um, Disney is full of magical moments. And so, like, that's what I want you to write about is a magical moment. Mm. Okay, got it. Fun. I will have that for next time. Yay! Yay! Thanks everyone for tuning in, and we hope you are safe and sound and taking yeah. care of yourself. Stay inside. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Only kiss your significant other. Significant others. <laughs> because kissing everyone in sight was what we used to do. <laughs> That was the old world. <laughs> no more. No more of that. <laughs> this episode of the Jammies Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at 
Bits O Jam podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We're just like you and run on a healthy dose of compliments, as well as constructive criticism to improve the show. If commenting on story quality, be kind. These are rough drafts. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit first drafts that you will be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write.